Hello everyone, welcome to The Art of Flourishing. My name is Lauren and today we are joined by my dear friend, Hannah Mwenda. Hannah was born in Zambia, raised in South Africa, and she currently lives in the United Arab Emirates. She would describe herself as the ultimate adventure seeker. She's worn many hats from teacher, pastor, communications specialist, events manager, editor, and now author. Her favorite titles include daughter, sister, and auntie to the most wonderful people. Hannah loves food, reading, random facts, and analyzing everything. Truth. Um, and more so, she loves her friends, her family, and God. She's not keen on camping or a party, but would organize a good hike, a good conversation, a good cup of tea, and of course, a good plate of food. Um, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited that we're able to do this. I'm excited as well, Lauren. Thank you for that introduction. And it's such a pleasure to be here. Um, for, so just like a, some context for everyone listening, Hannah and I have known each other for, I mean, I want to say 20 years since we were like 14 yeah. or 15 years old. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I know. Yes. Like I, just, <laughs> I just did the math and I was like, oh crap, <laughs> Like it's 20 years. Uh, so you guys are joining in on a two decade long friendship uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. Hannah um, is also one of the authors and editors in the Art of Flourishing book series. And she contributed a chapter to the being and belonging anthology and so that's the context of our conversation today um hannah you we know i mean born in zambia raised in south africa living in the united arab emirates you listed a very long list of things that you've dabbled in would you mind sharing a little bit of your backstory how did you end up here where you are writing a chapter for a book uh, called on being and belonging <laughs> okay so um uh, and i'm grateful that you did because writing is actually something i never would have considered doing um i i've just come through a season of fostering but with that just such changes in the way I've had to approach my life, the way I do things, the way I think, um, and even just basic things. So I I also came out of a season of like burnout and chronic fatigue. And so a lot of change has been happening on, and then through that, just knowing that my time in South Africa was over. Um, Like I said, I am a planner, analyzer, and detailed oriented. I knew it was coming. I had a sense of it for like five years, but when it actually happens, it's very different from knowing it's going to happen. Um, And so I'm actually currently living in the desert um, and in the desert season of my life, which is, I I often laugh at how, what is metaphorical is reality as well. Um, I'm supposed to be transitioning to study my masters and that is the intention, but in the in-between place, um, of what was supposed to be a two-month stay to say goodbye to my sister and has now, you know, been more than six months, actually. Um, I've just been learning so much. And so when you invited me to come along this journey, 
I thought, oh, wow, uh, especially being and belonging is something that, you know, you can feel quite displaced when you're moving around. You feel mm-hmm. quite, um, I don't know, where do I belong? Where do I fit? How, how do I, you know, am I even a value anymore? And so that's the journey I've been on and having the chance to put that on paper um, has been such an amazing opportunity and a little bit cathartic for myself as well. So it's been good. I bet. I'm like, I'm looking at the list of questions that I have in front of me that I prepared and now I've got a bazillion of other, other things that I would rather talk about. Um, trying to decide, I'm trying to decide which direction to go in right now. Um, oh gosh. Okay. So as someone who you grew up as an immigrant in a, in a different country to the country that you're born in, in the country of your citizenship, um, right. And then, and, and now moving to the United Arab Emirates as an immigrant and also almost like a displaced in a displaced kind of way because that's not your ultimate destination you're hoping to end up somewhere else um for your master's degree um so like you said it's an in-between season but then you're also moving on to a different like a different country you're not moving back to zambia or back to south africa where you grew up but then also like i just i mean for the first time seeing it on paper noticed all the different seasons of your life um, depicted by all the different roles that you've played. Um, mm. And, you know, like in a society that labels us as what we do, right? Like not necessarily who we are. Yeah. Um, and in a, you know, in a world where we often find our belonging places within the context of the things that we do in the ways in which we contribute and the you know like the quote-unquote value we bring to the world in the form of the work that we do how can you tell us a bit about your journey with belonging through those Mm -hmm. different roles through these different places like I imagine that you I mean I'm imagining that you have a much more nuanced rich you know like granular take on what it means to belong when you've moved around from place to place and from role to role and from contribution to contribution as much as you have yeah so that's a great question so when it came to that, that is one of the first areas actually I was challenged in um, is that when you introduce yourself, right, you always start with what you do in the workspace um, and primarily in the workspace. No one starts off with uh, this is what I like or this is what I'm interested in or we always start with what we do. And I had to look at myself and think, am, am, I, do I, am I conscious of an identity apart from a job title. Mm. Um, wow, but I'm, I'm actually not. <laughs> and I need to fix that because what I do is as a result of who I am, you know, and that's why I do it. Um, and that's why nobody else can do it at that time because I need to do it. And so if I am not even conscious of who I am, that is, you know, first starting off there. And then when it came to belonging, as you can imagine, moving around. So you often get this, you, you feel displaced. Um, a couple of years ago, 
I'm sure you remember this, there was talk about what people termed third culture mm-hmm. at that time, how children uh, from immigrant, immigrant countries have the culture of the country they came from, the culture of the country they're living in, and they create this new culture amongst themselves. And so living in South Africa, um, when I came across other immigrant families, they, that was definitely there. It was so real. Uh, we had a way, like when you knew the Zambian guests were coming over, all of a sudden you became excellent at making tea and pretending like you behaved um, <laughs> in front of guests. You know, and that's just and the way in which you do things. Um, and so I would be in South Africa and feel not 100% like I belong. And then being Zambia, and I should not feel like 100% like I belong because things are different culturally. Uh, just the way people grow up and, you know, what's common for the country is very mm. different. And so in 2019, it hit home. My brother and I, it was the year he got married. Uh, we decided to go to Zambia to renew our passports instead of doing it at the embassy because um, it was quicker. And so while we were there, we realized we hadn't been there in six years, firstly, so that was long. But also the way our family, like our aunt, made herself open uh, and entirely available to us. Our cousins um, were there. My cousin's children, whom I met for the first time then, they were like, you know, so attached they didn't want us to leave. Our uncle woke up at 5 a.m. and drove across town to pick us up and drive us to the other side of the town, you know, to catch the bus so that we didn't have to call a taxi. Um, and and our, our other aunt just met us at the bus stop to see our faces. Mm. And it was all of these things I realized belonging isn't about my location. It's about the people I'm with. Um, and so I realized that people loved and engaged with me without any expectation on my behavior or my response. And that their commitment to me was not based on what I did. Because, I mean, honestly, I hadn't seen these people for six years. And if we're honest, uh, I'm, I'm not very good at keeping up communication by WhatsApp and all of that. And so there wasn't any, you know, it wasn't a continuation of relationship or continuation of uh, communication, but they just loved me for me. Mm. And I realized that's the law. Being mm. loved for you, not mm. for what you do, not for, you know, and obviously as a responsible person and adult and someone who engages with others, you, you don't want to be the person that sucks everybody dry. And so we contribute. But contributing out of who you are versus contributing out of expectation mm. are two different things. Mm. Yeah, And so I've just, yeah, that 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 for me is belonging, um, and 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 learning to love firstly myself that way, but also love people that way without expectation, because I think that is also when you're wearing so many different hats, and if you're a, a person orientated like me, I easily get focused on the task and not on the person, um, but learning that and seeing that helps me realize. I need to shift my focus because my value isn't in the job getting done. My value is the person doing the job um, and how they feel connected, how they feel it's an expression of who they are. You know, that creates belonging, that creates acceptance. Um, And that it's been true now in the UAE as well. So having learned that and coming into this place, 
I felt more secure. I came to my sister, so I felt like I belonged. <laughs> and they wanted two friends here as well who, you know, essentially family. Mm. But just having that knowledge has helped me then going into my role now as a teacher. Um, it, it's a lot different than any other role I've stepped into because mm. now I'm not, I'm not defined by what I do. It's who I am that I bring to the mm. table, so to speak. Um, and I belong. I belong regardless of where I am. I belong to God. I belong to people. I belong to me. Mm. <laughs> and so I'm secure in that and walking in that security then is very different Mm, yeah I what I just heard like in the back of my own mind when you were sharing about your experience visiting home right uh Zambian home and your people there was that like maybe growing up in South Africa when you had Zambian guests the like in the immaturity and the limited perspective of a child you go I belong when I am Zambian enough, right? Mm. Um, yeah. But, but the a, a awakening, I guess, in Zambia is like, oh, I belong because I'm Hannah. I'm Hannah. Like yeah. when I bring Hannah, not when I bring Zambian Hannah or and forget a South African Hannah, right? <laughs> um, but when I bring, exactly. but when I bring all of me to the table, which I, I mean, that's the the title of your your contribution to the book um, that only you can bring you to the table. Um, yeah. Could you, I mean, I guess that, I mean, that really is like the, that is the essence of your chapter is only you can bring you to the table. Um, yeah. Would you, how does that like play out then in everyday life? I know you shared a little bit about that, um, like coming, coming into this new space, but like, I guess maybe in what you would describe, I mean, you're calling it your desert season. It's literal because you're in the middle of an actual desert. But I mean, Mm -hmm. when you describe it that way, then that also has an emotional connotation to me, a metaphorical significance. Mm. Um, I mean, in the faith that we share, that speaks of a wandering, of a displacement, of an in-between place. Like it's the, it's the, the route from A to B, not the actual destination. And so how does, how does this, soul treasure of yours that you've kind of gathered and found over your life how does it serve you in your desert season that you only you can bring you to the table how does that change how you show up in the season of your life so yeah i love how you articulate everything i just said it's brilliant this is this is like this is one of your superpowers um but for me so i'm in a country where in all honesty, like the, the Middle East is driven, you know, driven people live here. <laughs> people are not afraid to work extra hours or put in an extra shift or, you know, um, bring more skills and more skills and chase after that. And, and it's fantastic that people are so driven, but it's also, you know, as someone coming in with that mindset, um, having, having thought, okay, you know, what I do makes me who I am. Um, it, it's really countercultural for me to, you know, bring me to the table and be content uh, with what I can bring to the table. Um, the reason I call it a desert, a desert season is, like you said, because the emotions of it as well. It is this place of wondering, um, you know, wondering 
where I go next? How does this unfold? Obviously, I had a plan, and the plan is obliterated. Mm. Um, and, and, and then, like, just, you know, realizing as well that essentially, like you described, the sole treasure that I've brought means that even when the plan goes to pot, and even when things don't feel almost like you, you know, you, 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 you're on shaky foundation, there's nothing that's grounded. Um, but even then, I can feel secure. Mm. And that's what it's done for me. I think that even in the chaos, even in the mystery, I can feel secure um, and know that, firstly, who I am is enough. Uh, and that, secondly, that even if it doesn't look like the way I planned, I can still flourish. I can still, you know, go forward and I'm not stuck. I'm moving forward. Um, and so just having that understanding, that mindset, uh, entering into a space where people are driven, people are, it, it, it really is sometimes so countercultural that people look at me like, why are you so, you know, calm? Why are you so unfazed? Why are you not, you know, frantic and busy and, Overwhelmed, and yes, I get that way. Obviously, sometimes I mean we're human, but just having that to fall back on makes such a difference. It's made a difference in in the way I communicate, even with the children in the classroom. Um, it's and, and because sometimes in my frantic space, I I've noticed that as a result of frantic and all of that, I create chaos. Mm. But instead of that, I'm creating calm. I'm creating calm for myself and therefore calm for the children um, and teaching them how to be calm and content in who they are. I think there's more room for that um, and more growth. And so in this whole unraveling of, you know, my life before, um, I could have panicked, but this, this knowledge and this um, security, this has been so grounding that I'm realizing, oh, it's not... It's not the obliteration of all my plans. It's actually, it's it's that whole. Um, this is the passage of scripture now that says, you know, rivers in the wasteland and away in the desert. I'm like, oh, there's growth in the desert. There's life in the desert. The desert is beautiful. I thought it was a dry, barren wasteland, but it, it's actually stunning. Um, and there's gold here and treasure to be taken forward with me. And so, essentially, what I viewed as a detour is actually part of the journey forward mm. and it's amazing you know mm. um sometimes like this is what i've noticed in like real life like literal life but also as i like think about that metaphorically we need to be so careful about the names we give things like detour obstacle um you know mm. um and i'm thinking about journeys like car journeys that we've been on like road trips for example um and yeah. I just was struck by when you said like there's treasure to be found and taken with me from this place like um, that we it may not be a detour it may be a pit stop and you may not yeah. know about the like there may be provisions that you need to take with you into the next season or phase of your life that you don't even know you need that you're stocking up on where yeah. you are you know like um, and like I just think that like God is just so good in that way that he directs mm. our paths to the pit stops and the oasises and the replenishing stations that we need um, for whatever it is that's coming next. Definitely. So, and I think for others as well, because 
we don't realize like the toxicity we cause, you know, when we just fester in those um, old ways and old thinking mm. and all like others as well. We're not, we're not encouraging. We're not life giving. We're not inspiring. Um, and we're not a safe place for people. And so it is important that we take these stops and take the time to address mm. what needs to be addressed unlearn what needs to be unlearned and learn what we need to learn to take with us into the next season Hannah you are like preaching at me today (laughs) like this is like (laughs) Laura needs to hear all of this uh you're right um I think and you know what oh I just love this conversation so much because like we become so inwardly focused and so actually selfish like we become selfish and self-centered about our lives assuming that everything Mm. that we go through everything that we do is actually all about us and like i think that's a that's an indicator of our cult the culture that we grow up in you know that we're like everything is about me and what i need or whatever but like i just love that i just love the perspective like the quick like hey don't forget to look here don't forget to realize that your life is connected to other lives and your purpose is most often in the context of the people whose lives yours impacts and rubs up against. And when, if, if you need a healing season that you do not take, like this is Lauren speaking to herself. Um, if you need a pit stop that you do not take, you become a danger to the people that you share the road with and, and a danger to yourself. Um, and so like we, like the hurry to get to some place, like, we need to also just have the perspective, like have some perspective of like, hey, you can you can get there, you can, but you can also hurt yourself getting there, and you can hurt the people around you, yeah. the people that you love the most, the people traveling closest to you can hurt them too. Um, yeah. No. Oh dang. Well, <laughs> I'm just like, <sighs> okay. So, I have three questions and I really want to ask you every single one of them. And so we're going to do a Brene Brown style rapid fire. Like, can we answer quickly the first thing that comes to our head? Like, are you ready to go on this adventure with me? (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. What is a glimpse? Like, give us a glimpse into your life that feels like absolute flourishing to you. So like what moments of your day or night or life that just go, oh my gosh, this is what it's all about. A slow wake up. Oh my gosh! I and love people that. are like, <laughs> like waking up without the frenzy of rush oh is gosh. amazing. I moments then I have to like breathe and reflect. This must be one of the reasons why our friendship has lasted two decades because that is literally me. I'm like, why was I to do this in five minutes when I can take an hour and a half? Um, okay, I hate rushing in the mornings. Next one. Okay, so if, if the art of flourishing is like a podcast, what we're trying to do is every episode collect a tool for a flourishing toolkit for everyone listening. Okay. What is your favorite soul gardening practice tool whatever like what tool would you want us to put in our toolkit breathe and be breathe and be okay so very quick i did a short exercise with my class after the pe class they were tired hyped up chaos and just took a moment to breathe i actually really just ran through my vocal warm-up exercises but when you breathe like when you just take a moment to breathe and just be just be yourself um no pretense no nothing just breathe and be it's beautiful. You are aware, you're present without effort. Um, 
and you, you you're calm <laughs> and mm. an amazing just just appreciate yourself and what's around you. Um, so yes, breathe and be, breathe that. and be. I love that so much. Yeah, like I breath work and the ability mm. to control like your emotional state with your breathing is like one of the most yeah. underrated powerful tools like I think that we have and it's free um, and anyone can do it okay last one what is give us some of your favorite words whether it be a piece of literature quote from something from a song a poem a book a movie Instagram post oh my gosh. you know just like a, <laughs> like do you have any like words to live by that like it's a quick quote or maybe a piece of scripture that just pops into your head every once in a while when you're like, yes, this is so good that you can leave us with. <laughs> so many things. I'm like, you had to ask the person who thinks too much. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Micah 6, 8, all the time, um, randomly. And it says, he has shown you, oh man or woman, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Mm. So you're not you're not on a performance-driven show. It's not actually a show at all. You just need to act justly towards others. Be kind and show mercy. Um, and then just walk humbly with God. And I love that walk humbly because it's just be you. No frills, no putting on airs. Just be mm. honest, be vulnerable. That's it. That's all you need to do to live and be successful. Like if you if you do those things, you're killing it in life. Mm. Um, and so when I'm not sitting at all, like, oh man, why am I not making a six-figure salary? Like I've got, you know, I should be doing more things. I'm just like, no, like, come on. It's three things. Just do that. You're good. I love that. <laughs> it's a, a new definition for success. That sounds a yeah. lot easier. <laughs> With lots of, it sounds simpler. Yeah. <laughs> um, Han, thank you so much for being here, for doing this, for sharing your story for being part of the team, I guess. Um, but more than anything, thanks for being my friend for like two decades of my life. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so thankful for you and I love you so much. I love you too, Lauren. And thank you so much for inviting me along to this, but also for who you are and what you add to my life. Um, you're a blessing and honestly, I value you and I appreciate you so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and right back at you. Ditto, as they say. Have a good evening. Mm-hmm.